This is a recording of a live webinar as part of Happerful's partnership with Red January. On this webinar, we discussed moving for mood, self-care and connection. Train Happy author, podcast host and PT Tally Rye joined broadcaster, GP and author of Know Your Own Power, Dr. Rada Modgill for this webinar. It's hosted by confidence mentor and Happerful writer, Kat Nichols. Just to note, this was originally a live webinar and the sound is a little scratchy in parts, but do stay with us. Tally, Rada and Kat have so much to share. I am, I have, we'll be back on Tuesday. Hello everyone and welcome to this midweek motivational webinar brought to you by Red January and Happy Full. Today we are going to be talking about movement for self-care, connection and mood. And my name is Kat Nichols and I'm a writer here at Happy Full and also a confidence mentor and I'm joined by the brilliant Tally Rye and Dr. Rada Modgill. So to start us off I would love it if our panellists could introduce themselves. So Rada could you please go first and tell us a little bit more about you? Yes, hello everyone. It's really lovely to be here. So I'm Rada. I'm a doctor. I'm a GP, and I also do broadcasting work. So um, Radio One, Radio Five. Um, I'm a writer. I love writing about life, and I've just yeah, I've just published my first book all, all on my own. So, which is called Know Your Own Power. So my real big passions actually are around mental health, emotional well-being, but actually looking at that holistically. So how do we kind of get through life, and what can we learn from each other? So that's my real passion, and that's why I love doing this kind of stuff. Thank you. And Tally, how about yourself? Could you introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, so I'm a personal trainer and an author also. Um, and I really specialise in helping people with their relationship with exercise. So I really focus on that mental health aspect and making sure that we feel good about moving our bodies, which I think is going to be the theme for today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We are going to get into that. And to start us off, I thought we would chat a little bit more about our own relationships with exercise, just to give a little bit of context, because it can be a really tricky thing. And I know for me personally, I've had a very turbulent relationship with exercise. So for me, in my teen years, I actually struggled with an eating disorder. And through that, it made me see exercise as punishment, as a tool to change who I was. And I had a really negative relationship with it and a really toxic relationship with it. And then throughout my recovery, I almost rejected it. I was slightly worried I was gonna become triggered again. And I just thought, you know what, I don't, I don't need to do that. I'm just gonna focus on my mental health and everything else. Um, apart from yoga, yoga was the one thing I kept going back to, but everything else I kind of shunned. I shunned the fitness world and health promoting behaviors because I thought I'm oh, too worried about that until the beginning of this year, which is when after a couple of years in the pandemic, a couple of years of my lifestyle becoming much more sedentary, my body was really crying out for movement. I was getting some joint pain. I was starting to get out of breath from doing really regular things around the house. So I realized that I need to look at fitness and exercise, not in the negative way that I saw it, but as a positive influence and a way for me to feel better. And that is something I'm navigating now. So I joined the Red January community this year. This is the first time I've done it. So I'm intentionally moving my body every day. And I'm just trying to navigate the fitness world without the addition of diet culture and seeing it in this negative way. And I have to say, Tally, you've been a massive influence for me on that. Tally, I'd love to hear a bit more about your story and your relationship with exercise and movement. Yeah, so kind of similar to a degree, I didn't really formally exercise um, besides trying to dodge PE. 
as a teenager, but I got into exercise when I started pursuing musical theatre as mm. like a 17, 18 year old. And then as I started uh, full time training at drama school in my early 20s is when I really decided to try and um, become a fitness person. And so I was singing, dancing, acting every day. And then I was going to the gym on top of that. And at the time, I thought I was just really passionate about the gym. In hindsight, I realized it was really obsessive. And a way I was trying to control a lot of difficult things in my life. And one being the loss of my dad when I was 17. So as a kind of a knock-on effect, I started to have engage in a really obsessive relationship with exercise, which, like I said, I misinterpreted for passion. And so when I graduated drama school, I decided I wanted to become a personal trainer. I felt like I had achieved all these fitness goals. I'd had this big body transformation and I wanted to help other people too. And naively just thought, I'll become a personal trainer because I can do it, you can do it. And started working in the industry almost eight years ago. That was, like I said, early in my 20s. Since then, I've gone on a real evolution of, you know, reflecting on my own relationship with exercise and food and all those things. And realizing that, you know, a lot of what I was doing was obsessive, disordered, and I needed to kind of redefine my relationship with exercise. And so in more recent years, I discovered intuitive eating, which some people may have heard of, and that really helped me with my relationship with food. But I felt that I needed to kind of put my relationship with exercise under the same level of microscope. I needed to peel back the layers and really think about why I was moving my body and was it really what I wanted to do or what was I doing largely what I felt I should be doing. And so I then explored this idea of intuitive movement. I've since written about it and my book Train Happy kind of explores deconstructing that relationship with exercise and rebuilding it through intuitive movement. Um, and the journal I've just released, the Intuitive Movement Journal, is essentially like the how to do that. And so now I, like you, Kat, have redefined my relationship with exercise to being about self-care, to being about my mental health to being about enjoying what I want to do and I think for me one of the key things has been realizing that moving your body can be so varied and so broad it doesn't have to be in the confines of a gym it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to look like the fitness people you follow on Instagram it can be what feels right for you and that's the place I've got to now and so yeah I'm super passionate about sharing that knowledge with others and helping people recognize uh, you know, maybe the difficult parts in their relationship with exercise and get them at a place where they can feel good and feel relaxed about moving their body rather than feel anxious and guilt and and shame, really. Absolutely. And that is the key. And that is what we'll go into a little bit more as well, is this whole idea of intuitive movement, because I find it so interesting and it's been such a game changer for me. And Rada, how about yourself? Can you tell us a bit more about your relationship with exercise and how it's changed over the years? Yeah, absolutely. So for me, there are sort of um, a couple of things that keep me well. And exercise is definitely in my top three. So exercise, nature and music for me are just incredible. And if you combine them all together, <laughs> if I go out for a, a run outside of my music, then you, I can't get any better feeling, I don't think, than that. So so I, I was always someone, I suppose, who kind of got involved in sports teams at, you know, at school and kind of saw, I suppose, exercise and sport as a way to connect. So I'm very much a people person. I love 
uh, teamwork. I love kind of bonding with people. So I think that was my first experience really of a sort of sport and exercise was that, that kind of team mentality, which I really enjoyed and actually really missed because I, I kept that going through university. But when I started working, then, you know, um, working in hospitals, junior doctors really busy. So that kind of fell by the wayside. And I started to really notice that actually I really missed that connection and that team sort of atmosphere and that structure and and for a couple of years I didn't really do much exercise actually which was quite unusual for me and then I started to notice you know the impact of that on my mood and my mental health you know I was working very long hours in the hospital having irregular sleep patterns doing night shifts for example and I started to then think well you know what I really need to take sort of some ownership over my exercise you know I've always had sort of exercise and sport kind of as something which is a default something structured in and actually I now want to um try to develop my relationship with with exercise and movement to be something that's um that makes me feel good that makes me feel like I'm making a good choice for myself and very much so that actually you know movement for me and using my body is very much all about my mental health it's not about I mean it is about physical health obviously because you get that benefit as well but for me my choice to to exercise and to move is really to keep myself well and to keep myself feeling less anxious and to keep myself feeling energized so i really started to relate very strongly my mental health and emotional health with my choice my ability to move and to exercise um and and really since then i think i then kind of started to use it in that way and started to view it in that way and reframe it in that way and i think that relationship now has become really nicely set in my in my system so now i know if i'm having a bit of a tough day i might not be able to go and you know run however many kilometers or you know do that kind of gym class with with the weights that looks all kind of you know the thing that you should do for your goal but i know that actually even on a bad day if i can just get myself out the door and just walk around the block or you know just stretch a bit or just look after my body with some kind of movement that that's a good choice for me and i'm going to feel better for it so it's definitely that link i think between you know feeling good and keeping well and exercise for me has been really really set and it's definitely during the pandemic without exercise and movement i think i would have been really lost um because that honestly really did keep me really well i think the other thing that i feel really strongly about and i try to do a lot of this in my work it's media work is that on so many platforms you know we still see images of people in that very set environment you know of a gym, you know, someone exercising, but not apparently sweating or looking red in the face. <laughs> someone who's about to go out, who's just come back from a run, but their trainers are completely um, clean and they're not muddy. Um, and I'm really keen on you know, trying to break apart those images, those stereotypes, because those stereotypes, and those images, all they do really is obstruct people from actually starting to make those positive changes for themselves because they can't relate to what they see because it's not real. And so I'm really keen on guessing the reality of what movement is and also to allow people to, to use movement in the way they want to use it. So not a prescribed gym class, you know, if you, if you like boxing, if you like running, if you like yoga, if you like dancing or roller skating, or if you like trampolining, I got a little mini trampoline during the pandemic, you know, that's okay. You know, I think sometimes we make movement so sort of adult like 
um, you know, we forget the fun and the passion and the joy. And I'm really keen on encouraging and helping everyone realize that actually they can be childlike, they can enjoy themselves. And that actually, if we make it fun and we make it happy and we make it about connection, then actually we're more likely to, to then develop that great habit for ourselves, which is all about staying well. Absolutely, that's so true. And I think, yeah, what you were saying about um, being re- real and, you know, looking red and sweaty, that's really resonated. I can see um, a couple of people in the chat have said, oh my gosh, yes, I feel I'm the only one who goes red sometimes. And yeah, posting a sweaty selfie after my run on Strava or Facebook, Nikki, that's brilliant. Rada, what you were saying about the connection between self-care and mental health and physical health was really interesting. And that takes me nicely onto talking about movement for mood and self-care. And this has been a really powerful reframe for me is to see it as self-care and knowing that it's not only helping my physical health, but my mental health as well. As I said, I struggled when I was a teen and I still live with anxiety as something I, I battle with today. I know this can be quite difficult for people though, is to see it as self-care and to start doing it for that reason. And I know in your book, you talk a lot about navigating challenging situations, like what we've been going through in the last couple of years. So I was wondering if you could share your thoughts on how we can tap into the power that we have to transform our relationship with movement and other health promoting behaviours. Yeah, so I think when I use the word power in relation to my book, and often we kind of associate power with authority figures or, you know, um, people who are outside of ourselves or, or being strong in inverted commas and just getting up there and getting on with it. But actually that's not what, for me anyway, that's not what power is. The way, the way I think about our own inner power is actually we we can we have the skills inside of us and we can develop those skills by practicing and understanding ourselves more and that power looks like different things so on a bad day that kind of tapping into that power might just might be about being kind to yourself and actually just having a cry or comforting yourself or knowing what makes you feel safe emotionally Um, on other days it might be developing those goals and those habits and getting practical and doing all the things we automatically think of as is sort of powerful, but actually there's so much power in the gentle and the kind and the comfort and the safety and giving yourself really what you need in that moment. So I feel our power is is about understanding ourselves and developing a relationship with ourselves where actually we can make those moment to moment choices. Um, you know, so if we feel sad in that moment, we can sit back and say, okay, I'm gonna take a breath. This is how I'm feeling right now what options do I have? What choices do I have in this moment? What do I need? And can I give myself what I need? And that might be all kinds of different things according to how you feel, what the day's like, and actually what's going on for you. So I think when it comes to movement, it's all about making that choice for yourself, I suppose, and self-care. So, you know, our bodies are amazing. We can use them as amazing instruments to help process feelings. So I'm a big advocate of talking about challenging feelings, difficult feelings, making sure that we're actually being open about those. So again, you know, if you're feeling angry, that's a perfectly valid feeling to have. There's a purpose behind that. There's a reason why you're feeling angry and it needs to be heard, it needs to be listened to, and it needs to be processed. So how can we do that in a, how can you make a choice in that moment to do that in a healthy way? You know, is it by sticking on a bit of Florence and Florence the Machine and, and singing at the you know, top of your voice? Is it about going out for a run? Is it about you know, writing something down? How can you process that feeling of anger in a way that you can get that out of your system and then you can see things more clearly and then you can start to just make those changes to change the situation or to understand yourself better in terms of where that feeling has come from. So for me, I think 
it all comes down to those tiny little moment to moment choices and our bodies are incredible at helping us process emotion at kind of making us feel energized making us feel calm we can use our breath our body and what's interesting is is that we've all been through periods of stress where maybe we haven't been able to do as much exercise or movement as we liked I think yeah, our bodies store that tension yeah, in our muscles, you know, we get sore shoulders, you know, we might get a sore back, you know, our body almost is a little bit of a repository or a record of our emotional state. So it's really important that we use our body, it's there to help us in a healthy way for our mental health and to actually get through life. And I think that's, for me, that's what, that's what we all hold, we have that power, it's just about recognising it's there and then understanding ourselves enough to make those tiny choices and we can't always do it you know i can't always do it and that's okay too so it's just about building that sense of trust in yourself that in this moment whatever i'm going through or coping with i can actually manage this and i'll be okay and how can i use my body and movement to help me do that i love that and i love the idea of using your body to process difficult emotions as well I'm going to come to you on this because I think something that can help us with this reframing and improving our relationship is intuitive movement and finding the things that work. So I'd love it if people haven't heard of this concept before, if you could explain it for everyone and maybe give people some tips on how they could get started with it. Firstly, intuitive movement is a framework of nine principles to help you reflect and rebuild your relationship with exercise. Um, the first principle is called uh, reject the diet mentality. And this is the kind of founding principle. And if you're familiar with intuitive eating, you'll realize that they are, they are sisters, they are cousins. And, and this principle is all about working on that intention behind why you're choosing to move and what the intention is for you. And I think that point about saying, I just don't get that feeling with what I'm doing, maybe to do with firstly, the intention behind why you're doing it. And then secondly, you're building your intrinsic motivation to exercise. So Rada gave some fantastic examples of her intrinsic reasons for why she chooses to move her body she knows it supports her mental health she knows that if she just does a little bit then that really helps her mood and, and supports herself all of those things are internal to rada they are not external influences like the science tells me i should do this um, those external influences are what we think of as our intrinsic motivating factors and those are often, you know, I need to look good on holiday. I'm shedding for the wedding. I, you know, have to be fit for an event or whatever else, or it's January and I should be exercising because people told me I should feel guilty about eating food at Christmas. Those are all external to you. And if you feel like there's an external pressure telling you to do something um, and make and planting seeds in your head that you should feel guilty about xyz or you should look a certain way as a result of exercise that's external and you know one of the things I talk about a lot is diet culture that this this messaging around how bodies should look and that we should be pursuing the beauty standard and we should be pursuing thinness no matter the cost that is very external to us and so the norm is to find motivation through external reasons to ourselves but through intuitive movement it's really about building up your intrinsic motive and uh, motivating factors for you so that you can find reason to move your body for the long term. So, you know, once you go on holiday, you'll want to keep moving when you get home because that wasn't the thing you were building up to 
it's about cultivating this um, for the rest of your life, hopefully. With all of that in mind, I think it's also important to think about what we can move. And another one of the principles of intuitive movement is called challenging the fitness police. And so I like to think of that as like the little voice, you know, the little devil on your shoulder saying, you should be doing this. You have to be working out for at least an hour at a time for it to be effective. You must burn X amount of calories on your fitness watch for you to be allowed to stop your workout. Or, you know, you have to work out on a Monday. You know, we must never miss a Monday. And if you don't do it, then you're a failure. All of those things are rules. And once again, they're external to you and little voices of things that are telling you to exercise in a certain way um, and, you know, have created like that rigidity around what we're doing. But if we're looking to be intuitive, we're looking to get fitness back on your own team. And I've just seen Annette said that, you know, they like to go at their own pace. And that is, in its essence, being intuitive. It's listening to your body, working with your body rather than against it to find what feels right for you. And so that can be about challenging the rules, figuring out what kind of movement you actually enjoy doing. One of the things I have in the Train Happy Journal is a task to write down a list of all the ways of moving your body that you're just curious about. You don't even have to like it. You can just be curious about it. Um, Rada mentioned some awesome ones, roller skating, swimming, dancing, trampolining hiking um you know it could be crossfit it could be pilates it can be whatever you want it to be but you could make a list of like 10 things and rather than going like i have to have this figured out straight away i really recommend just slowly trying you know certain activities you've listed and then assessing how you feel how did you feel before the workout that you were trying there? How did you feel? Say one of your things is, I might want to try running. You go to park run. How did I feel before park run? How did I feel during? And how did I feel after? Is this for me? Do I see myself doing this on a regular basis? And kind of having a bit of a, an assessment sheet on what that experience was like for you. So then you can decide what you can kind of figure out and put the pieces together of your own puzzle. Like I said, I think one of the big things that limits us is that we think exercise looks a certain way and that we should have a physical outcome um, and that means we're being successful or we should be doing it a certain way because someone on social media has told us that that's the most effective thing for whatever. Um, but really it's about what you enjoy doing. And so intuitive movement is really about empowering you as an individual to take control of your relationship with exercise in a healthy way so that you have this deeper motivation to move your body in a way that feels good for you for the long term. So like I said, I had so many thoughts. I hope that has answered those queries. <laughs> I, could, I, I could talk about this for days, which is why I wrote a book, but <laughs> um, hopefully if people have more questions, I can answer them. Absolutely, yeah, so, so helpful. And I think, yeah, judging by the comments, a lot of people are relating to this. Um, we've had, we had a comment somewhere saying, oh yeah, from Amy saying, I feel amazing after hoovering and mopping the floor, but not after a run both are sweat inducing. So that's so interesting to you can notice that about yourself. And we had another comment about, yeah, especially with working from home, sitting all day, exercise can be really important and helpful. All the different ideas of what the external pressures are. Katie's mentioned that her doctors are telling them to 
do a lot of exercise for chronic pain and that's an external pressure. So I think what you're saying there hopefully has really helped everyone listening to understand what can support you. And I think creating that that kind of menu, that's how I see it, is a little menu of activities that are your go-tos. I've got like four that I know. And then each day I kind of wake up and I think, right, what do I need today? Do I need something soft and gentle like yoga? Do I need to go and connect with nature and be outside? Do I need to get sweaty? If I'm feeling quite anxious about something, I need to have a little dance party to pop punk because that's the music I love. <laughs> and again, with all of this, I think what's really important is to find what works for you. So if sticking to a schedule is part of your personality type and that works for you, keep doing it. But if you want to try and lean into this intuitive movement idea, then definitely do. Moving on from this, we're gonna be talking a bit more about movement for connection. And this is something I'm personally really finding helpful with Red January is by intentionally moving my body every day, I am really connecting with myself and my body. And I'd love to hear both of your thoughts on this. So um, Tally, if we start with you, I'd love to hear, is this something you notice with yourself and perhaps with your clients? And do you notice a knock-on effect of becoming more in tune with yourself and how that maybe impacts other areas of your life? Yeah, connecting with yourself is so important and being in tune with your body is so important. And I think a big disruptor to that is that external noise of diet culture and that pressure to, like I say, exercise for a certain outcome of, you know, a transformation photo or whatever else. Something um, I'm super passionate about is helping people reconnect with their body because a lot of us don't know what it feels like necessarily to be in our body to to experience embodiment in the moment when we exercise you know a lot of us are tapping our watches and looking at our heart rate on a screen looking at the calories on a screen and not realizing that your greatest barometer for how you feel during your workouts is you um We've, like I said, we're outsourcing so much of this data to other things that could be on the screen in a class, it could be on the treadmill or whatever else. It could be an app on your phone, but it stops us being really present and in our bodies. Um, and we know from a mental health perspective, and I'm sure Rada can speak on this, being most present in yourself can really help you with that anxiety, with that stress, because we're not thinking about the past, we're not thinking about the future, we're just in our bodies. And so connection is really important and movement can be a wonderful way to do that. So, you know, that can be through connecting with your breath through movement, with feeling, literally feeling your muscles, being able to like wiggle your fingers and know that you're doing that. And a huge part of that connection is understanding your own go button and your own stop button. So figuring out when do you like to move? How do you like to move? How does your body feel? How does your mind feel when you feel, you know, up for it? And when does it feel when it doesn't? What does it feel like to listen to your body and take it back a notch? So an example for this is if I'm working with a client or if I'm teaching a class is to really empower that client to say, you know your body best. So I'm going to give you the parameters of the workout. But if you feel that, so for example, if we're doing press ups and I say, we're going to do eight to 12 reps, that's a rep range I want you to work within. If it feels good for you, do, if you get, you know, if you get to eight and it feels good for you, do eight. But if you want to carry on and do 10, you know your body best, do 10. If you want to do 12, do 12. If you want to stop before the eight, then stop. And then I know that we need to modify certain things so we can make it appropriate for you. And so constantly having that 
feedback and dialogue with yourself or with your trainer is really um, an important way to kind of figure out your own body and its own kind of cues. So often, like I say, one of the key things I suggest people to do is to take a break from tracking their workouts, take a break from that stuff. It might not need to be forever, but just to reconnect you with yourself, just to understand your own body better, you know, taking a break from that as well and potentially taking a break from the kind of a rigid structure, structure, especially if you feel tied to that structure and especially if you feel guilty about not sticking to that structure and you struggle with taking rest days. Actually taking rest can be really powerful in kind of, you know, thinking of this pendulum swing, it's going to be really powerful in helping you reset to get to the middle. All of those things can help you figure it out. It's not to say you can't use them eventually, but just whilst you're figuring stuff out and, you know, work, understanding how to work with your body rather than against it, then we can reintroduce certain things if we feel that they're going to benefit you. I love what you're saying there about the figuring out your go and stop button. That's something that is so, so helpful. And I wonder, you mentioned there about if um, like a personal trainer or a fitness instructor asks you to work within certain parameters, do you have any thoughts on how people can speak to their personal trainers or their instructors if, they're, if they, they want to work in more of this intuitive way? Yeah, I think there's going to be sort of like a, a conversation, a communication that needs to happen. And, you know, it's a two way conversation. Um, your trainer is not going to work in that way if you don't sort of explain to them and ask them to work in that way and I think that's really important and vice versa if your trainer or your instructor is doing things that you're uncomfortable with you um, are entitled to give feedback you're the client you're the customer customer's always right so give feedback um, because that's how we change and grow and evolve as an industry um, and I really recommend people to do that even if it's an anonymous email it's face-to-face thing isn't your bag um a way to give feedback I think is really important and in that conversation with your trainer if you're wanting to say like can we you know um I'm figuring out how to kind of listen to my body more so be confident to say like I actually think that's my limit and communicate when's your limits a little tool we learn as personal trainers is to ask people like how does it feel on scale of one to ten one being super easy ten being super hard so use that scale with your personal trainer and say this is feeling like me at eight reps for example that's a ten and I think any further than that is going to be detrimental to my form I can help myself I don't want to push it too much I know myself and I don't want to feel like I can't move tomorrow it's figuring out that and I think using that the um that scale of one to ten is really helpful to kind of communicate that effort and how you're feeling and if you feel like you've got more in the tank or if you feel like you're at your limit I think that's really important because I know you can feel some pressure sometimes when you're working with a professional like oh I must do what they say I must do everything but as you said we are the experts of our own bodies so we know what's best. Sorry can I just add to that as well because I think that's something I'd love to drive home is that in the fitness industry personal trainers and instructors like myself love to position ourselves as the expert of your body. We are not we're there to facilitate you and to help you and work with you Um, but unfortunately there's a bit of a power dynamic where people feel like they owe something to their trainer or that we're going to judge them if they can't do certain exercises well and sadly the reality is there will be people out there working in the industry that do do that um and if they do that they're not the right person for you to work with and there are other people that you can find and work with you don't have to put up with stuff you don't feel comfortable with um you you can you know um leave your trainer you can go to a different class uh we won't take it personally because this is your journey not ours 
thank you really appreciate that and hope everyone's taken notes <laughs> um we did have a comment from sarah in regards to stopping tracking things so sarah is saying i stopped counting lengths in the pool and it's made me so much more relaxed whilst in the water at first my anxiety screamed at me that there was no point in swimming if i didn't have a number but i knew the best thing was to go when i wanted to go and stop when i wanted to stop so thank you so much for sharing sarah that's really 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 helpful for everyone to hear Moving on to this idea of connecting to yourself, perhaps outside of the physical realm, Rada, I'd love to come to you on this, and maybe building that connection and building that self-trust. Can you explain maybe some of the benefits of this for us and any tips for anyone wanting to build this connection, not necessarily through exercise, so just generally? Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, I love, Tally, what you were saying about rest and rest days and um, uh, not, that, you know, not that we should have to give permission to ourselves, but actually allowing ourselves to do that. Because just like in nature, you know, it's not summer all year round, you know, we need that period of, of rest and consolidation. And actually, I think that was just a great comment and, and to give kind of that sense to people that actually, it, you know, sometimes that's a great thing and sometimes that's what we need. And actually when we come back then from that, we're actually more motivated and we've got a clear idea about what we want. So I, I love that. I'm really interested in, the idea of how movement can actually help us connect to ourselves in in sort of in the sense of our purpose or in the in the wider scheme of who we are so i know that when i go for a walk or a run or whatever i might do or i swim or whatever it might be there's just something about it something about moving your body and being in that present moment that opens up i think the opportunity for us to really start to understand ourselves but not in a mental way there's just something very intuitive about it so for example you know often I'll, I'll be running but not thinking about something that I want to do or not thinking about an idea that I want to solve or perhaps what I want to do in a year's time but somehow it will come to me I'll start to get clear about my the purpose my purpose why I'm getting up in the morning what I want to do with my life you know maybe a, a difficult relationship or a difficult uh, dynamic in, in my friendships I'm not thinking about it mentally but as I after I've been exercising or moving somehow those things start to fall into place and become a bit clearer and I think so I think there are there's a a, there's a space for when we're moving to discover more about who we are in terms of our purpose what brings us joy what lights us up uh, why we're here you know what we want to do in terms of our lives and how we want to rearrange things or or how we want to be in the world and they're all very you know sometimes those words like purpose can be very ethereal and very kind of intangible but actually they're they're really tangible things it's like why do you want to get out of bed in the morning what really makes you happy um what's your why in life why are you doing these things and you know and what what exactly do you want to do um but i also think movement gives us a space to connect to ourselves in that way that Tally was talking about, in, in that way of kindness and gentleness and understanding what we need and when and how to give ourselves that. Um, so I think all of those things really, you know, when we say, you know, it's great to connect to ourselves, it, it can sound very up there in the clouds and like it's perhaps for, I don't know, you know, um, some guru who's sat and meditated for 20 years, but it's not like that at all. You know, literally connecting to yourself, I feel anyway, for me, just means that I'm understanding myself a bit more and I'm spending more time with myself and I'm starting to really develop um, a relationship with myself, just like we would do with a person we meet for the first time, you know, in order to grow that friendship and to understand that person and how they work and how they tick, 
we need to put effort into that we need to put time and patience and kindness and we need to really listen to what that person is telling us and in the same way we need to really listen to what we need so for me movement and exercise is is so much more than just physical and even just mental health i think it's more about who we are in in a, in a wider sense and why we're here and i think if we can reframe you know movement as something that helps us to do that I think then it becomes a real joy and not necessarily a chore. I love that. I've never really thought of it in that way. So that's a really beautiful way to think about it. I'd love to know, do you have any any tips of any activities that could help people create this connection? I know something I do is I write in my journal every day um, and I do a meditation in the morning, like really simple anchor points at the beginning and the end of my day that help me tune into myself. I wondered if you had any other tips for how people can start cultivating that connection yeah so I think um, a couple of them have already mentioned so for example mindfulness breathing taking time for yourself to do that I think having having a, um, a, a few sort of flashpoints of joy within your day as well so creating something actually that brings you joy every single day and that can be really small I mean for me I love having a bath so for me for me a bath is everything and when I have when I have a bath in the evening I just I know that that's a, a sort of a bit of time and space for me to just relax and when you're relaxing you know you get that connection with yourself but also I mean journaling is great writing things down is fantastic I think also for me to get sort of um creative with that so for example for me reading is incredible stories for me really help me so watching a film or reading a book or listening to an audiobook i find that if i can find a sort of story that resonates with me um a character that i recognize a bit of myself in um that actually in really tough times i almost pretend i am that character <laughs> and can almost kind of feel their their pain, their struggles, and then I, I can see them in me and me in them. And I know that sounds a bit strange, but actually we learn through stories. We learn through, you know, art and culture and music and lyrics of songs. So for me, I think we can learn a lot about ourselves in finding those lovely bits of creativity and art and culture around us um, that actually resonate and actually reflect who we are. Um, so for me, you know, I might be driving along, you know, one time and there'll be a lyric in a song that will just catch my ear and I'll think, oh, I love that. Why do I love that? What's it about? What's going on? What do I need? Is it is it about being determined and carrying on? Is it, you know, what what is that about? And, and what what is that telling me about myself? And for me, nature is the same thing. So going out into nature, getting that perspective of something bigger than me, you know, looking at the renewal and the regeneration of life, you know, when things are feeling quite stuck, when we connect with nature in that way, we're actually connecting with ourselves because really nature is part of who we are. So using all of those really simple, free, accessible things around us, I think can really help and to get creative with that and to use our imagination. I'm a big fan of how our imaginations can actually give us space from something tough. They can help us find solutions because we get creative and imagine what potentially could be and how we could potentially solve a situation. And it takes us away from all our worries. So I'm a big fan of, of using all of those things that we kind of already know, but we haven't quite necessarily tapped into for a long time. 
That's amazing. I'm yeah, I'm a massive film fan and book lover as well, so I can totally relate to that. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Um, Tally, if you could share where everyone can connect with you online, if they have any follow-up questions or they just want to connect with your work. You can find me at Tally Rye on Instagram, on TikTok, and my website is tallyrye.co.uk. I also have a podcast where I continue these conversations every Monday, um, and so it's worth checking that out and listening to that as well. Also, my book, Train Happy, the train happy journal really is a how-to on how to put all of this into practice so I hope you enjoy those as well and Rada how about yourself how can everyone connect with you yes so I'm at Dr Rada Modgill on Twitter at Dr underscore Rada on Instagram and yeah I just launched a podcast myself in January which is called things I forgot were good for me so that's all about like, like I say all of these kind of small and simple things all to the huge things that we kind of really knew when we were little but have totally squeezed out of our lives so yeah it'd be lovely to see any of you over there and thank you so much for having me it's been a real pleasure no problem and thank you everyone for joining and you can check out more about red january at redtogether.co.uk and if you want any more information about happy full you can either go to happyfull.com or you can download our free happy full app where you can read some inspiring content you can read the back issues of our magazine and you can also connect with mental health and well-being professionals 